Hello, and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. On today's show, we're going to explore the good, the bad, and the dualities within human nature. A while ago, Ava was interviewed by Susan Ruth on her Hey Human podcast, episode number 144, to talk about polyamory and open relationships. And this is how I first learned about Susan and what she does on her show, which is to interview people of all sorts of backgrounds and experiences. So the angle of exploring diversity in humanity was interesting to me. But however, what really kind of caught my eye about Susan that I just love is this quote where she says like, I wanted to understand myself better by learning more about the people around me, that if they were capable of great destruction, so was I. And if I'm capable of great love, so are they. And this statement, I feel, is something that's worth exploring on our show, because when you're meeting somebody and you're starting to date and you're starting to connect with them, there's that possibility that you can either damage or hurt them you know, if you don't treat them right or that they could hurt you or damage you. And there's that chance of like connecting. There's also the chance of like connecting, creating something that's really beautiful and meaningful and supportive. So you've got that risk versus reward thing going out, going on. And that duality is within us and that we all deal with it. And that's the main topic that I really want to kind of jump in and focus on today. So I am your host, Stephen. Kimberly is out this week. We've got Susan joining us instead. So hello, Susan. Howdy. <laughs> Howdy. I love it. <laughs> and we have Ava. Hey, friends. And Brandy. Hey. So Susan, what you don't realize is every time they answer, usually Ava messes with me by saying something interesting, weird. So I was trying to be nice so. this week. And Stephen yeah. always wants me to say howdy, and I refuse. Oh, and I know. I did it. I right, you, you did, did it. So, oh, yeah. You, you covered that one. Thank you. <laughs> so you're going to fit right I'm in. Psychic. There, okay? <laughs> so, and then one of my favorite questions that I've kind of learned in the beginning is like, does, is to ask, like, has anybody done anything interesting this week? And the reason that's interesting is because usually it's like Ava's like, well, I had a threesome. And then Brandy's like, um, I don't even know. I can't think of it now. Like, oh, I had a snowstorm. I got locked in and we had sex like all week long. And so it's like, I just asked the question, like not thinking like it's all going to be about sex. And then it just, there, I get, I'm always surprised by the answers. And then Kimberly's so. like, I tried to make cheesecake three times. And like, she really kind of makes it wholesome, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, she that's right. We make it wholesome. Part, so. <laughs> yeah, but wait to hear what she did with the cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> so, so has anybody done anything interesting? This I week? sold a screenplay okay. this week. <gasps> oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's exciting. So tell, us, tell, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. It's a short film, so it's uh, 10 minutes long, and there's only three characters, and it's about Alzheimer's and baseball, <laughs> and it'll be shooting, fingers crossed, this fall. Yay! Okay, wow. All right. wow. Good for you. And then where does, where does something like that play? Where do you see it? Let's hope the theaters. <laughs> oh, is it, would it be like an intro, like a beginning no, of, before a movie? No, it's going to be for like a, a short film, uh, a, a group of short film films that are together. No, it's not even a film festival. It's this project... By the way, I'm gesticulating and I have paint all over me because I was painting today. Uh, it's this project uh, of collection of short films that will be shown in conjunction with of the project. So it's going to be cool. Oh, okay. yeah. awesome. cool. That's all I can say. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> Ava or Brandy, anything? No, I just no. worked on this. Wait, here comes Ava. No, no Look. time for interesting. Look, Ava's got a zinger. 
I don't, I don't like, I don't have anything exciting as I normally talk about. I have not had any, any fun, sexy adventures of recent, but I've been looking, I've been trying to figure out how to make, how to make Lingua Street tacos because they're like my absolute favorite. And I haven't been able to find cow tongue anywhere. And I found it yesterday. And so I, I literally have a cow tongue in my crock pot right now. So did you measure how long, tacos. like how many inches a cow tongue is? No, but legit, it's at least a foot. It's at least a foot. That thing is huge. It was like 25 bucks for an entire cow tongue. And it's disgusting, but I'm so excited. Oh. I'm so excited. Think of all this, all the mail you can send. You just lick the stamps with that that tongue wet and just start sending mail. So many stamps in one tongue. Yeah. <laughs> Susan, I want you to know that like we're completely normal people here. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> what a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how you get to have lots of sexy time during COVID times. I guess everybody just gets a COVID test and jumps in. Yeah. I, it, COVID test. Have you guys been, have, you, have you all been that, vaccinated? Quarantining for two weeks. I've not. I've not. I have. No. I've been uh, fully vaccinated, but I'm a nurse, that. so yeah. I got first dib. Hey, on Instagram, I did want to tell uh, Savvy, hey, thanks for her comments that she left us on Instagram. It's nice to hear. And also, I love this. Like, we're, I'm so glad to know that we brighten your work day. I just found that funny. <laughs> She's like, you guys, just listen to you all brightens my work day. So I thought that was pretty funny. Who was funny. this? Uh, savvy. Oh, that's super kind of her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we have a listener email. So this is, this was, uh, this was somebody who actually, actually had no idea who we were, but found us, found me like looking through the Chattanooga, Tennessee, not phone book, like, but through the Google or whatever, and found like the business name and thought like, well, maybe this person can help. And so I just got this email. You know, and I thought, well, hey, perfect. So I said, did you hear about us through the podcast? And it was like, uh, no, I just like looked you guys up, you know, but I thought I said, so anyway, so let me pitch this question. I have talked to, the, to this person, um, but before I say anything kind of about that, I want to kind of get your all's opinion on, on the question and, and what you all suggest. So uh, he says, hello, my name is Colin and I'm a 32 year old welder from California. I just moved here to Chattanooga, Tennessee and want to meet someone, but I'm feeling pretty lost out here in the South. What do I do? The Bible Belt is intimidating, all capitals. Reaching out for help. Thanks. Well, it's great that this person is in Chattanooga because that town is awesome. So many art galleries and little restaurants and you know, hiking and all that stuff. I feel like you got to get out there. You got to get out there and be friendly. It's hard to do with a mask on, I suppose, but practice winking. Practice winking. <laughs> <laughs> practice winking. That's a good one. So like, rant, like just walking down the street and just start winking at people? Just random winking. Don't do that. No, definitely don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a very, it's a fun town. And, uh, and so I think, and there's a lot of events there. I, I've done the wine. They probably aren't doing that right now because of COVID, but the wine over the bridge thing in Chattanooga is really fun. The art galleries are great. Mm -hmm. And whenever I move to a new town, I volunteer places. Mm -hmm. It's such a good way to meet people. Mm -hmm. You're helping your community. Thank you. Uh, you meet like-minded folks, which is fun. That's my advice. No, that's good. That's good. That's sound advice. I mean, I, the, where I was like, what I was thinking in response to that was 
my first response is always like, find your community, find the people that are like you, find the people that have interests like you, right? So like, if you just get out and do the things that you enjoy doing already, you're naturally going to run into other people that you have things in common with, and you can make connections and grow from there. Uh, So I did get to speak with Colin a little bit. Um, You know, we kind of did a video call just for a little while and and talked and I asked asked him a little bit about his situation and um, did end up recommending, Ava, just like you're saying, uh, Susan, you too, of like, you know, what groups are you interested in? Like, forget dating for just a second, you know, but like find groups that you're interested in. Okay. Because what he had said he's experienced is he's like, if he says like, well, I'm from California, a lot of times he's getting backlash right from that statement, you know? And, and he's like, and I, you know, and people are like, they're really into their churches here. And so he's like, I'm not always sure how to deal with that. Like, you know, he was just getting kind of whatever, not very good responses. Okay. So, um, I said, no, I, I can kind of get that, you know, like not, I mean, I just know people that I work with, like, do not always love California. It's like, in some ways it's like political, man. It's like, just, just we- it can be weird. Okay. So anyway, so I said, that's totally fine. I said, find groups that you like, you know, what are you interested in doing? Um, that sort of thing. And if you can get those groups and you're probably going to find people you click with that you share overlapping interests with. So, you know, again, he's new to Chattanooga, doesn't necessarily know a ton about it. Um, we talked about some stuff. So I recommended like getting on meetup, you know, and looking and trying to find something that is interesting. And I said, for us, you know, finding FetLife was a huge thing. He goes, I don't know what FetLife is. I said, it's like Facebook for kinky people. So I explained like our whole kind of background history and things. But I did say like, for me, like that was a really important thing. It's like I had people that I knew, but until I found like the, like people of my own choosing that, you know, wasn't just like, oh, this is a parent of my kid's schoolmates, you know, like that way, or like coworkers from, you know, people through work, but like, I really needed people that I connected with that like closer that were a little bit more like me, you know? And so I said, fat life was huge, you know, for kind of helping me out with it. So we talked a little bit about it. And then Andy goes like, well, you know what? I think maybe your group sounds kind of interesting to me, you know? And I was like, okay, like I wasn't trying to push him to that or anything. So that is the approach I kind of took though, was to sort of challenge him a little bit, not challenge him, but like say, like, you know, what groups are you interested? That's kind of, I think, step one, because then you're trying to filter down to like, what you know, you're trying to filter out people basically is what it is. So you're trying to filter out the people so that you're into the, like the section of people that you are going to have shared interests with or commonalities with. Um, and so actually I will say like, I got an email back from him, uh, today that he has, found i think a munch in chattanooga that is meeting up oh. and so i think he's going to actually try and go what's there, a munch? you know so i don't know any of these what? oh a munch yeah yeah what's a munch and i didn't know about fat life so i'm learning new stuff huh? yeah yeah okay so fat life is um facebook for kinky Got people it? So it's not really like a pickup site. It's more of like something that we'll use for like communication. So it's for events. So it's free to join. You have to you know you give your email yeah, people post not for safe, not for work safe. Oh, but people post like. pictures. Let's, um, they, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, very. But we'll use it. We. It's, nice. it's the main way we use it. it to communicate. So you know, you'll have a screen name. So you've got some privacy behind that. You know, it's like people don't need to know your day job and all this kind of stuff. You know, and so it is like you make your profile. And you can find out like what's going on, what events are going on. Um, I'm just going to do pictures of cow tongue if I join. It, it's probably on there. 
Oh, I want to know the messages you get. So anyway, he did apparently look up Fat Life and found a munch. And a munch is basically going out to dinner with people. That's really all it is, okay? I don't know where the name came from exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just like eat. So it's like we'll do it. It's 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 a little. It's a safe way to kind of meet people. Like you're not going to the local sex club where they're gonna hang people upside down. Like that's you know might be really cool, but you might not be ready for that in the very beginning. So the munch part though is like we just get together and we just, you know, with friends and you have dinner in a regular restaurant dressed regular, everything is regular, you know, but you're just kind of like with this group of people. Right. And so it's a great way when you're first starting out. Cause he actually did. He says, I want to go to this thing, but I'm really nervous. I don't, I don't know what to dress and how everybody's going to be. And so I gave, you know, I said like, well, I, I do help with that. You know, that's one of my volunteer positions in Nashville. Um, and I said, that's a normal thing. We've all gone through it. Everybody's going to be very nice. Somebody's going to be there to greet you. The hardest thing to do is to walk in the door. You know, once you walk in the door, there's going to be somebody that's going to be there that's basically going to take mm-hmm. care of you. You know, they're going to say, hi, how are you doing? Do you not know anybody? Let me introduce you mm-hmm. to some people. You know, um, are you nervous? If you're nervous, th- they'll just do whatever you sort of need to help you have a good first experience, you know, and then everybody else that's in there, we all remember our first Mm -hmm. days. And Mm -hmm. so again, people are going to be very nice and and things like that. So Mm -hmm. the reason I think he's picking that is because in the past, like he had not had the best experiences with like, oh, I'm, I'm a welder from California. It just didn't go over well for whatever reason, you know? And so I said, you know, I think our, our group, you might like our group because like, we're pretty accepting about things and we're not real judgmental about it. And kind of take people as they are and you know so anyway so i'm glad to hear that he was trying that so do you all though have any other kind of suggestions for him in general because his main real thing is to find a girlfriend i mean covid times makes it hard so i suggest a cage with a peanut butter sandwich and just leave it outside eventually she'll catch a scent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that work for all women oh wait humans i'm sorry no i mean for me it would need to be like peanut butter and chocolate so i mean i think all that stuff <laughs> it is tough when we're covered in masks because so much of interaction is nonverbal cues and what you don't say and the, the mouth is a big part of that of course as are the eyes but there's something it, it is weird. The mask has limited our experience of each other, of all the information we get off of a face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just patience. People will be vaccinated soon, and then the world will become a bacchanalia like you've never seen. <laughs> I've actually heard statistics about that, that that happens, that there's like a flip oh, yeah. afterwards. People are so excited. Like after pandemic, they're so excited yeah. to kind of get out that there Frenzy. is that sort of... Oh, it's yeah. going to be like frenzy. Like, yeah, frenzy. Yes, exactly. You it. get an orgasm. You get an orgasm. <laughs> you know, it's going to be crazy oh out there. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be the right money. Oh I'm going to remember that. The only thing I want to add is. Oh, would still be capitalized. And it would, I can't even. Okay. The yeah. only thing I want to add to that in, in response to Colin's question is even when you take out the equation of the pandemic, so like even after we kind of get over, get past this hump, um, this era, like I would reiterate, like be patient. You don't want to, you don't want to just match with anybody off the street, right? Like the whole idea is that you're finding someone that's a good fit for you. That shouldn't be just anybody. So you may be starting your search now. Don't get frustrated if it takes a while. You, you know, it's not supposed to be easy to find your person, right? So just 
have that patience and and know that, you know, when the time is right, when the fit is right, like it's going to feel right. Yeah. I, I to add on that. It's like, I find relationships should be easy. They should, which really what I mean by that is like, they should flow. And, and so if you're pushing something to make it happen or forcing it, it's like, that's usually, it, it's not going to work as well. You know, you're going to hit more bumps and things like yeah. that because you're trying to make. Also don't happen. send your representative, yeah, so. be yourself because the representative eventually tires out and goes home and then you're left with each other and you're like, Oh wait, mm-hmm. you're not the person I thought you were. So if you show up, <laughs> yeah. being, you're, you're completely yourself, which I know it's hard as a human, but you weed out a lot of folks that aren't right for you just by nature of being yourself. I have never heard that term though, be like your representative. But what you mean by that is don't be fronting. Yeah. I think we all wear masks yeah. in our, and just in to, to get through the world. But a, a lot of times, you know, you get with somebody and let's say you're not into sports, but you... You say, oh, yeah, I love, you know, insert sport here. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. And you don't actually, but you want that person to like you so desperately that you will uh, become them for six months. You know, it's just yeah. not healthy and it, it never, it does not work out well. You can maintain it. Maybe you're a good enough actor to maintain it for a couple of years, but it will eventually, I feel, implode. Oh, my God. That, that sounds yeah. like such a waste yeah, of yeah, time yeah. for everyone involved. It does go sports ball, right? Okay. But right, right. Well, I'm sure happens. Sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let me shift things at this point. You know, th- thank you, and I wanted to, you know, address or talk to Colin and stuff. Like yeah, that. but let's <laughs> go get him, Colin. <laughs> let's turn the focus to Susan Ruth. Okay. Oh my so, lord. Yeah. So Susan, so you have your Hey Human podcast, which I think is mm-hmm. out on any major podcasting app. It's and, all over the place. Yeah. And your website, very good website, is uh www.heyhumanpodcast.com. Yep. And um, also susanruth.com. I have I have oh, two Susan. websites because two are better than one. I know. Yeah. So let's so one one of the things, uh that's because you started off more as a musician, correct? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. And so is that where you find kind of first people got to know you and you sort mm. of made a name for yourself? And then what, cause I saw on like your website, you've got the music side of you. You've got the artist side, the visual arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I also saw that you are doing a TEDx in Nashville, yeah. you know, which I thought was cool cause you're out in LA and here we are back in Nashville, the rest of us. So I thought that was kind of cool. So t- yeah. Tell us a little bit maybe about well, yourself. I was a 13 year Nashvilleian. I only just moved to LA. So. Oh, Okay. okay. Uh, sure. What do you want to know? I was raised up in Seattle, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I lived in Nashville for 13 years. I am a professional songwriter, a professional. What brought you to Nashville? Music, for sure. Writing for the people. So I was an artist for myself and put out records and performed. And then I started writing for other people. And I moved to Nashville because it's, that's where you become the best songwriter you can be, you know? And then I started doing the painting there and that turned into something. And then I started the podcast and was feeling like it was time to expand more and set my sights on Los Angeles, came to LA, auditioned for the second city and, and got into the conservatory program. So that's improv and sketch comedy and got out of that and now I am as well as all those other things writing 
uh, I have a sketch writing partner, Tiffany L, who I adore. She and I get together every week and write toward a goal of, of hopefully uh, having a sketch show that we can put out and then also doing just regular old screenwriting that isn't sketch. So that's, that's where I am now. Hmm. That's world. a lot. Wow. It's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Yeah, that is. Yeah. And I love that. Basically, I'm going to say like, you're the creative type, like you can do all kinds of things, you know, which yeah. I really admire that. Yeah, they I think all that's, feed that's into great. each other for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. All a film is, is a, I mean, all a song is, is a three minute film, really. It's a True. three minute script True. of a yeah. story. Mm-hmm. So I know you had Ava on your podcast mm-hmm. uh, a while back, and it was uh, 144, I believe was the number. Um, and it was Ava and Mercury and Alex, and they talked about polyamory. And uh, so that's, I guess, where we first kind of came across you, or at least I came across you, was was through Ava and, and her being on your podcast. But can you tell us a little bit about your podcast, The Hey Human, and um, what, what you do on it and what the angle yeah, is? Yeah, the entire point of it is to come together with people from all walks of life, all personalities, all belief systems, and have a space to learn about them. And by learning about them, I learn about myself. And we have very, uh, it's, it's an organic conversation. I don't know a lot about my guests ahead of time other than the basics. I like things to flow naturally. And if you know everything that they're going to say, that's really not that interesting to me. So I like to learn in the moment with my, the, my listeners. And uh, yeah, so I've been doing it. It'll be five years in July and I love it. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Yeah, and it's ad-free. So I don't know, for those of you, I, it just, uh, I'm always annoyed by ads. I always skip over them for other people. So, so I, and yeah, I, we are too. We don't do any ads on this show. Yeah, not at all. We don't do ads. So, um, so yeah, are you being facetious? You do. No, we do. Oh, okay, yeah. I just, I, for me, there were stories that were very painful for people to talk about. There were uh, very personal and I made a decision early on that if people, I love giving donations, don't get me wrong, people are more than welcome to donate to Hey Human. And there's a little button there on heyhumanpodcast.com for people to do that. But I didn't want to sell ad space on anyone's story. And the other thing was I didn't want any uh, anybody to tell me what I could and couldn't do on the show. So I didn't want... I didn't want to be commercializing something and then have that advertiser say to me, oh, you had a, you know, somebody that I don't agree with on your show. I'm pulling, I just didn't want to deal with any of that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. So yeah. That's kind of where I am. I don't begrudge anyone from doing ads, but it was, wasn't for me. So I want, okay. So on your website, one of the things, so you have a little blurb about starting your podcast too. Okay. And so you mentioned like you had this experience walking into the grocery store. Like I'm going to say kind of had a bad day and you went to the grocery, right. And you ended up meeting like these two individuals. Um, and, and you mentioned, you said, uh, to quote you, you say, this podcast was born of two tragedies faced with the hopelessness of trying and trying not to succumb to it. I wanted to find a way to try and bring hope and connection to the world. So can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how it impacted you and how that kind of brought you into doing your podcast? Yeah, there was yet another shooting that uh, I was, I found myself having 
losing hope about where we were as human beings in the world in response to each other and ourselves. And it was a very bad day and I was trying to process it. And I walked into the grocery store and had this lovely conversation. I had two experiences, one with this little girl who felt like an angel and one with this older man who also in his own way felt like an angel. And it was this remind. It was a reminder that we are so connected. No, these two people could not be more different than I. And yet there were these moments of bonding. The little girl didn't speak any English. Didn't She had no idea what I was saying. I had no idea, you know, how to communicate with her other than smiling. And this moment that passed between us was so pure, so beautiful. And the same with the conversation that I had with the man that we were joking about what we were having for dinner. He called me sister. It was like he knew, you know. And I went, I got into my car and I was, I, it felt so much like, whether or not you believe in religion, but it felt like a God moment. You can take that as you will. But for me, it was such a powerful reminder of who we are to each other. And it's that thing is that even on my worst day, I still have good in me, and even on my best day, I still have bad in me. And um, I just wanted to remind people I, to not give up and to connect, and that it's something so simple as just really allowing the space to listen. And that, I mean, that's where it came from. And that's been, you know, I have all sorts of people. Sometimes they're really powerful human stories, sometimes they're scientists, sometimes they're activists. They're all over the map, honestly. Um, sometimes they're conservatives, people who think they've been abducted by aliens. Uh, one person that was on the show thought that he was possessed by a demon. And they're all fascinating to me. Because if I look at, for example, the three of you, instead of seeing three individual people, I see aspects of myself. It, it closes the gaps. Mm-hmm. I think we're so terrified as human beings to see ourselves in the worst also that humanity has to offer. But I mean, I don't know about y'all, but how many of you have ever said, oh, I could just kill that guy. Or somebody has made me so mad. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's in all of us. Mm -hmm. I've noticed with dreams, like uh, nightmares. Okay. So one of my recurring nightmare themes that, God, I hate it. It's like, sometimes you're like, oh, would you just turn that off? Okay. Is like, the crowd of bad guys, just generic bad guys. Okay. And I have to fight them, you know, and they're like, they're after me. Okay. So in the way I understand a lot of times nightmares will work is like, they sort of figure out like what bugs you and then how can we mess with you? Okay. And so in some regard, it's like, we're going to give you practice so that like, you know, so if you ever meet the tiger out in the wilderness, you'll be prepared and you'll have an idea about what to do. Okay. But nightmares are horrible because they just pick at the like the thing that really gets you. And then they're like, we're going to this is what you're going to dream about a lot. You know, (laughs) so I have the bad guys come at me. okay? and I have learned. (laughs) Well, the other thing that's funny is like I'll be in the bed, okay, with Kimberly. And so the other day I like kicked her like, you know how like you're supposed to be asleep and it's supposed to like paralyze you. And it doesn't like always do that. So every now and then she'll get like this punch or this kick or something. And I'm like, oh, sorry. So, you know. 
So anyway, so that happened the other day, you know, and I like kicked and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, sorry. You know, I was having a nightmare, but my nightmares will get in there to where it's like, there is like a real threat mm -hmm. and I have to sort of defend myself. And so I have realized, or I have to defend other people because I do have kids. Um, I have this, this is really funny. I have this, so I've divorced. Okay. But I had this dream during the divorce with my, my ex. Okay. And so like the bad guys were after us and I was trying to help her and she, they were coming up here. Right. And so I'm like punching got bad guys left and right, you know, like stay away. And then and my ex is like, I'm trying to like, like, you have to climb up the ladder. And she's like, don't you tell me what to do? Like, I don't have to do anything. And I'm like, I'm trying to help you, you know? And I just thought that was so, so funny because it has like, your you know, the frustration mm -hmm. and things like that. But I have, the, but tying this all back, like I have come to the realization, like I am capable of killing some people, you know, not yeah, that I would want to, but if I'm threatened and I'm put in that position or something like that, I know I could kill somebody. I just, I just know it, you know, because of those dreams and those experiences, which at the moment, like really feel real. So I've had to sort of like, think about that a little bit myself and be like, okay, that's, that is who I am. I do not think of myself as a bad person. I do not think of myself as a dangerous person, but I'm, I'm well aware that I have that possibility in there. That is great though. Being aware of your shadow self will help you so much because if you push that stuff down you become a more volatile human being if you don't ignore everybody wants to be heard even your shadow and the people you're fighting in your dream those are the aspects of yourself of course right there's a lot yeah. of them there's yeah. tons of them. it's very scary. Yeah, but they represent, they represent <laughs> an aspect of yourself you know stress or fear or whatnot so and any parent i'm not a parent but i would imagine it would be hard to find a parent who wouldn't kill for their child if it meant put, if somebody was attacking their child, the in the pure mm -hmm. instinct stepping in, mm. you know. Yeah, it's 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 always protective. That's what I I've realized about myself. It's always protective or defensive. You know, it's never like straight up aggressive. But it's yeah. like yeah, we're just animals. I, will I mean, defend. We're animals that can type. <laughs> I want to I want to add on a little bit to I want that on a shirt. What if we're just animals that can type? <laughs> Woo! On a That'd shirt. make a great shirt. Something something that you said right? Stephen makes me think like it's it's not necessarily um you, you uh, what am I trying to say? You have the self-awareness, right, of your potential dark side, let's say. Um, but I think so many of us go through life without that level of self-awareness. And I think we're kind of trained that way, right? Like we're trained of like what successful looks like, what success looks like and, and how to be productive, successful members of society. And we have these like goals in our minds where we're just walking through life, like going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And I think so many of us, because our culture kind of trains us this way, don't have that level of self-awareness of like, what are we feeling and what are we capable of? And Something, something that you said earlier, Susan, about like being able to like find those pieces of yourself in other people and, and being able to connect with them. So many of us just want to be heard, but we're not even listening to ourselves. And I think that that can be really, really challenging because at the end of the day, we, we really just want to be heard and be validated and, and supported. There's a, there's a lot of shame. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of shame around all that. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the, um, like previously when I've done like couple therapy in the past, I feel like the goal has always been to come back to how do you connect with your person emotionally and how do you validate their pain? 
whether you understand it or not, whether you know what to do about it or not. Like, how do you start by, I see your pain and I feel that, and I don't want that for you. Like, how do you connect with someone emotionally? Literally, like it, all, all any of us want to do is just be seen and, and be heard by that other person. And I think a lot of that work starts with that self-awareness that you referenced earlier. So this, the duality thing, I'm going to say this quote again, just as a reminder. Okay. But so Susan, this was you, you said like, I wanted to understand myself better by learning more about the people around me that if they're capable of great destruction, you know, so is I, and if I'm capable of great love, so are they. And I feel like that is something that as far as like ethical seduction and where we talk a lot about you know, flirting, seduction, relationships, a lot of times it is very much understanding yourself and that if you understand yourself better, you're going to be able to communicate better. You're going to, like you were saying earlier, you're not going to accidentally have like this, uh, what do you call it? Like sort of your best self, like forward, but that's not necessarily your real self, you know? So, so I think, so I really like this concept and we really wanted to kind of talk about it where it's like a, the addressing like that we all have these kind of both sides in there you know in ourselves and then also related to like flirting and things like that when you put yourself out there like you could get hurt by the other person when you're first starting to meet somebody and starting to connect but it can happen even after years you know that uh there's risk involved and they could hurt you but you could also accidentally damage them not on purpose but accidentally and i think that's always a possibility. And I don't think most of us want to, but I think sometimes we do. <laughs> I had, you know, this, that saying the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I had a misunderstanding of that. I, I interpret that to being like, you, oh yeah, I have good intentions. Now I accidentally paved the road to hell, but I had good intentions while doing it, you know? And I think that there's, we do that sometimes, you know, that not necessarily that we're self-centered or something like that, but we're like in our own heads, we're doing our own thing and we're not maybe always fully aware of the sometimes accidental damage that we do, even if we have good intentions. So I really like this kind of concept that I hadn't really thought about it, Susan, until like, you know, reading your stuff and your interviews and knowing that this was a, a big impetus for you kind of getting into your podcast. But I do feel like it's kind of important to kind of think about and be aware of so, um, I don't know, I guess a question that I sort of have like that is like from the interviews, one question I had is like, have you seen people like accidentally cause damage or harm, like from stories that they've told you or things like that, that it's not, not intentional, but it's accidentally led to something really bad stories they've told me that have led to that. Yeah. Uh, well, I would not, since I don't have, I don't know those people necessarily personally, it would be hard to follow up and find out if that were true. But because they're telling stories that are their stories, then the only person really, that they have the right to tell their story and what it, what it looks mm -hmm. like to them. The thing is, as we go through life, you know, we tell our story and then let's say, I'm, let's say I tell my story. This is my story. Tom is a mean guy. He says mean things and he's not very nice. That is my story. And then Tom's like, what the fuck? I'm super nice. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. What Tom, how Tom feels about my story, because it's mine. Do you know what I mean? It, it's, it's sort of inconsequential. It's this thing is like, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. And that's a really hard thing to get through life because our egos are so strong. 
It's our ego. It's our motherfucker. Am I allowed to say motherfucker? Am I allowed to say yes. ego? <laughs> <laughs> our egos are motherfuckers, you know, and they they are trying so hard to control every thought, motion, action that we do. And uh, I think about like I had a, an intense childhood and I have thought, OK, I have stories I could tell, but I don't want to tell them because I don't want to hurt the people that those stories are about. And right there, I'm like, but wait, the stories are about me mm-hmm. and how I feel. Mm-hmm. But I can't help but think about that stuff. That's my ego. Is it because I want to hurt them? Right. Or I don't want to hurt, you know, is it that I don't want to hurt them? Is it that I'm afraid what they'll think of me? What if they challenge me? What if they say it's not true? What if they call me a liar, for God's sakes? You know, and all that stuff, it, it comes back to that lovely motherfucking ego. Because I'm so worried about what other people are going to think about me that I don't get to be an authentic me. That's hard. Yeah, and I think too, I, th- I think I hear you saying this, like you're, you're kind of editing yourself because you're aware that, oh, if I say this, it might hurt that person's sure. feelings. I mean, when yeah. you come together with somebody, the most I think that when somebody needs to talk to you about something, they, they, you want to fix it. Right. We're human. We want to fix someone's Mm -hmm. pain. We want to help them. A lot of times that backfires. Am I right? (laughs) So really just listening, just holding space. I think a lot of it is just holding space. And then if they need something, they can ask. If they don't know how to ask, sometimes it feels good just to know there's somebody willing to be there. Mm-hmm. But all that can be pulled out in a second, too. It's like humans are complicated. We are the most simplistic, complicated creatures. It's bizarre. We make no sense. Total mosaic. We're a lesson in opposites. You know, we're both extraordinarily good and devastatingly evil. It's bizarre. We're very contradictory. Yeah. Do you see those as like two polar opposites, like uh, like a, almost like the spectrum, or do you see it? You know, on one side the person is acting in a bad, evil way, and the other side is like they're acting good, and they slide back and forth. Or do you tend to see it more of like a mix, like the person re- like is really mixed, like it's it's the same this, at the same time, the same things are happening, the good and the bad. Or I think it's a two sided chair, and we're sitting in the both sides of ourselves. But I don't even think it's two sides. I think it's not binary at all. It's a great sliding scale of mosaic. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're literally that complicated. And the mosaic, I think when you say that, it's like, that's where I would think of as like it's swirled together. Yeah. Like Because yeah. you can be, depending on who you're talking to or how you're feeling or, you know, where you are. And like there's, I've, it's very tricky to talk about things in absolute. Mm-hmm. I've hurt people. Mm-hmm. I know I have. I've certainly been hurt. I've dated sociopaths mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I've dated narcissists and I've dated really good people that just, it turned out we weren't ultimately compatible. I've been with people where we were growing at different rates mm-hmm. and, and sometimes, and that's with friendships and with lovers. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and it hurts, but you have to be able to, in order for you to move to the next whatever part of your life, there's some hard questions that have to be asked. Is this limiting to me? And is it okay to be limited? Because if it's not, you're going to make everyone miserable. Yourself, your partner, your friends, everybody. 
Are they, are they not even aware of what they're doing? Or are they aware but don't give a shit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have to protect yourself. You know, I have people that have wronged me. And I can't wait around for them to say sorry because they never will. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times people are not aware of the hurt that they'll cause people, especially like verbal comments, you know, that there is, um, I think that happens a lot that somebody will just be like, they'll think like, Oh, I'm just trying to help this person, you know, but really it's, it's a stab, you know, it's, it's designed to kind of hurt them somehow and make them feel bad for something, you know? And so I think that that kind of stuff goes on all the time. And a lot of times I just think like you would, I'm going to think, say my parents, okay. My parents, and maybe it's that generation, right? will say things that sting, whether it's like to my kids, you know, and I think it's like my parents love my kids, you know, but they still make these comments and I have to be like, what are you, why would you say that? You know? And I really think they're oblivious to like the meaning, you know, or they're like, well, I was just trying to help it. Like they are doing this thing and they, it's not as good as what it could be. So I just trying to help them out by telling them what they're doing wrong, which that's one of Brandy's favorite things. Tell her what she's doing wrong. She loves it. I love it. I love it. it. Really, yes. She loves it. But we speak, we speak the language that we were taught. Mm-hmm. I mean, that almost boils down to like a cultural difference or I guess a generational difference, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like for that generation of, of person, like that may not have been something that stung, but for us, it's different. And they probably do it better than their parents did it. And you do it better than they did it. And, and your kids will do it better than you did it. And that's just, that's how it ebbs and flows. And in other, they'll be worse about other things. It's, there's no rhyme or reason to it. The passive aggressive parent, woo, the post-it note parent. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is, this is related, but not, but like one of the other things that came to mind, okay, with talking about the duality and stuff like that is that, uh, the, I'm going to say the, um, the concept of like from as a male, okay. Like, Oh, well those women, like, you know, she's a bitch. Like, you don't know, she's a bitch, okay? It's so easy to sort of, like, say that about somebody, right? And I, th- what I want to talk about, I guess, is, like, very often, like, that person is not a bitch. You have not taken the time to either talk to them and get to know them, or maybe you have not approached them r- well or whatever like that, right? So they've put up this wall to try to protect themselves. And it's like, you just, you're not, but, so I hate the fact when somebody is like, oh, that person is a bitch or just you know, or a dick or whatever you want to say. And you're making that judgment. And I feel like so often when people throw that kind of language around it, it to me, it says more about the person who's saying it than yeah. the other person. Yeah. I've called a few people kind in my day, trust me. But it's just that <laughs> the thing is, is, is that we don't treat anyone other than how we feel about ourselves. It's in that I would say full stop period. The way we move through the world is how we feel about ourselves. Like we, we're reflecting not reflecting we are we're completely reflect everybody's reflecting everybody else we're and taking the way we feel and therefore reflecting that in our actions yeah and that person world. may be a bitch there are a lot of bitchy people in the world but but yeah i mean we we feel attacked when we're vulnerable right or we lash out when we can't i talk about this on the podcast all the time is people lash out and are hateful because they can't touch their own pain that's that's there's no other reason for it really you know this these past four years have tested every ounce of my empathy bone 
let me tell you, to know that people behave the way they behave because of their pain. Mm-hmm. I'm not justifying anything. It doesn't give anyone a pass, but it does mm-hmm. provide an understanding. I think there's a misconception mm-hmm. that understanding someone means that you are uh, okay with their behavior, and it doesn't mean that at all. No, but the context can make it easier to navigate the situation. It'll make it easier for you, for sure, you know, of how you understand that. Yeah. I heard something, I don't remember where I heard this, but it was the difference between empathy and compassion. And I had the mistake, it was like between the two, you want to do compassion. You don't always want to do empathy, okay? So I ended up erring on the side of like trying to empathize with people, which means like really kind of feeling what they're feeling, you know, and all that. And and then... I don't know. I've been through therapy here and there, you know, over the years and stuff like that. And so I'm going to say therapists or I think I read this somewhere, but anyway, it was like, no, what you, you don't have to feel what that person feels. You want to have the compassion, which is really the understanding of what they're going for, but you can also separate yourself and be like, you know, they're feeling this pain and that sucks. I don't have to feel the pain, but I can like have compassion for them and for what it's, you know, of like going through that. So I found that was really important because like the empathy, I, I, I just found, I guess maybe it was the way I was brought up or whatever. I just did it to myself. Like that, no, you're just supposed to like really feel with this person. And then that was not always healthy, mm-hmm. you know? So I found that kind of, like yeah, better to have a little separation, advice. but like you're saying, Susan, like have the passion to understand what they're dealing with and going through. And, and again, it doesn't make it right. People aren't, you know, being abusive to someone is is not okay. But you can understand why. Mm-hmm. And when I say understanding, I think there's a confusion as to what the word understanding means. I understand why a, a person is abusive to another person intellectually, but I don't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. Yeah. So do you have words of wisdom for us? I guess like, especially listeners, okay, where we're kind of talking about this duality that we have in us. Okay. But what is like from all the interviews you've done and cause you've thought about this a lot, do you have like, what have you learned from it? Or what is the thing you would want like to explain to us and, and listeners as like a really good kind of takeaway as far as like how to treat ourselves or how to treat others or that, you know, that sort of thing. The greatest lesson I have learned from the podcast is listening. Not necessarily doing anything else, just listening. Active listening. Active listening and allow space. People are terrified of space, too. It makes people very uncomfortable. Silence makes people very uncomfortable. Mm. But um, an understanding that a lot is said without any words whatsoever. It goes back to the beginning of this conversation where we talk about nonverbal cues. You know, some people scream without making a sound. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that reminds me of a parenting thing that this came right out of a parenting book. But uh, when my kids were younger and I don't remember which book, but it was like, yeah, sometimes like there's nothing you can say, like as a parent, you know, your kids having a hard time over something or whatever. They're not necessarily mad at you. Maybe they are mad at you. Okay. But there's like sometimes just to walk in there and like, just be with them. And so I remember doing that some with my kids, my daughter in particular. And so I can remember like, well, actually even doing a scene one time i'll share this really fast okay doing a scene and i messed up okay so what i accidentally did was i made it into a challenge and so you know i was playing with playing with this woman and i was like well, i'm gonna make you cuss and she's like you're not gonna make me cuss okay and right there i made it like me versus her and only one of us could win right and so like i won 
And so she burst into tears and was like, get me down. And I did this all in front of her boyfriend, stuff like that, you know? And so, and she was like, fuck you, get me down. Okay. So I get her down. Right. And I felt horrible because she just basically called red and ended everything. Right. So I get her down and what do you, what do I do? There's nothing to do. So I did my parenting technique and I just held her. Okay. And, and that was it. And we just sat there for a minute and she cried and, um, I don't know how long it was, you know, maybe four minutes as a guest, you know, maybe five minutes, something. It was a while, you know, but it's held her. Okay. And then everything was like, okay. You know? And so that was like, re and so the next day she was like, wow, that was like so wonderful. Like what we did. And I thought like, if I didn't, if I didn't go through that, if I didn't handle that moment, right. She could have come back and been like, like you just didn't do things mm -hmm. well. Okay. So that the same thing with my daughter being younger, you know, and just like crying over whatever. Okay. And I can kind of remember going in there and just sitting with her and you're not doing anything. You're not saying anything, but just sitting next to that person, somehow there's like this connection between you, you know, and the fact that you're not pushing this person to do anything, you're just there, you're kind of sharing that moment with them. And that is, I'm going to say it's a technique, but it's a really nice, interesting technique because you're the trick is to not do anything except to just be there with them and and that's it so and pain is primal and primal is nonverbal in a lot of ways I think one thing to call yeah. out there is that sitting with someone and holding space with someone that doesn't necessarily fix the problem right like that's not the the quote unquote solution for everything but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not beneficial right that person that you played with even she could have just as easily come back the next day and said you know, I, I feel so appreciative for how you handled that situation, but I never want to fucking do that again. Right. Like she could just as easily have come back and said that. Right. And when you, when you were comforting and supporting your daughter, she could just as easily come back and say, yeah, wow, my situation still sucks. This blows, but at least you were there for her to provide that support and that, and that emotional connection and comfort. Right. It's not necessarily like a, yeah. a problem solver for, you know, how to provide world peace or anything. Yeah. And when you're in a fight with someone, I think that that pain, because then it's your ego again, I'm fighting with you. And I don't, I, you know, I don't want you to be mad at me, which is not about the other person at all. It's totally about yourself. It's so hard to take yourself out of the equation. Mm -hmm. If the, if the mm -hmm. conflict centers around a couple, for example. Yeah, absolutely. You, um, you said something earlier, Susan, that reminded me of, a lesson that I learned a very long time ago that I really didn't yes. believe for a very long time about uh, what is it? What other people think of me is none of my business. Yes. And I remember the first time I heard that, I'm like, what do you mean it's none of my business? Of course it's my business. Like it made no sense to me, but That's it's right. absolutely true. Like there are, um, there are people that in their world, I am the bad guy of their life. And there are people in my world that like, oh, this person, this is the bad guy in my story. But you know what? That person has a life and friends and family and joy and good that like they have, they are not a bad guy only, right? You mentioned earlier that like humans are so complicated and have so many layers and are so contradictory. I don't know that there's a way for any of us to avoid being the bad guy in somebody else's life. Like it's, it's a thing. And that's not mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, again, you might be a bitch or you might not. They might be the bitch. Who knows who the bitch is? <laughs> and it's important too, as you're saying, it's like sometimes that self-reflection Am I a bitch? Am, am I a bitch? Am I a bitch? Yeah. Holy shit, I'm a bitch. You know, like, you, know, you might have that journey. You yeah. don't know. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a great one, by the way.
One other thing I wanted to ask about uh, today. Okay, so like I was listening earlier to the podcast that you did, Susan, where you had interviewed Ava and things, and you all mentioned, yeah, it was fun and it was interesting hearing everybody on there. Um, uh, and it was, I'll just say it real fast. It was Hey Human Podcast 144, Alex, Mercury, and Ava, polyamory for love and algebra, which I love that. I was like, algebra? And I won't spoil why that comes in, but anyway, <laughs> but any, but listening to it, one of the things that jumped out at me though, too, okay. It was that you all, I think you had maybe an aunt or something like mm -hmm. that, who, when she died, she had two people maybe that she really cared about, loved, cared about very strongly. Um, hearing that made me think of like, I know some people elderly that they're in, end up, have been in like the nursing home or whatever. And the same kind of thing happens. You know, and I don't know what it is, but it seems like it's a kind of a pattern. I could be totally wrong, but that, you know, a lot of times older people, maybe they're like, like just letting go of all the standard society things. Right. And so they end up connecting and having these really kind of interesting, strong relationships in the nursing home or just, you know, wherever. So can you tell us a little bit about that? And I guess in general, I would just like us to maybe talk some about just, you know, experiences anybody's had with older people and that sort of thing of like that kind of love and that connection that can end up happening later in life. So Susan, you want to tell us that? When I was, yeah, my great aunt Quayle, who's a famous children's book author, she never married. And she, at the time of her death, she had two boyfriends who she adored. They all, everybody knew about everybody. Everybody was fine with it. And she told, when I was around I don't know. I, I, in my memory, I'm like 11, but who knows? I was probably a little bit older than that because it's, you know, a big conversation. But she said, you know what, Susan, you'll never be all things to any one person and no one person can be all things to you. And that's okay. And at the time, of course, I thought that was some Zen shit for sure. But as I grew up, I realized what she was trying to say. And I do think there's a lot of pressure on us individually to be all the things. And that's, I mean, my God, what an expectation to put on yourself, firstly. And it's a, surely a dump to put on your partner. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not polyamorous, at least I haven't been yet. Uh, I did have one summer where I dated two guys, everybody knew, and that was a real fun summer. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, they not, they never met. <laughs> I had a great time. Mm -hmm. And who knows, they may have also, I mean, everyone was safe and all that stuff. And uh, and I loved, I loved spending time with both of them for completely different reasons. It was fantastic. And there was no pressure about it. Nobody you know, nobody got jealous or weird or anything. Uh, I like to say that, that I like to import. So neither of them were from the same town or even the same state. Um, but oh, it, it is, and it's true with, I mean, we have a million, not now, I think as you get older, your friend group gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you probably have five really, five or six really mm -hmm. super close friends mm -hmm. or maybe one or two. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's the same thing. It's, it's, you know, you have lots of different aspects to your personality and it's okay to explore the things you enjoy in others and not have it relied on all. If one person responsible for all your joy, that's, oof, boy, that's a big hefty rock to hand someone. Carry this around <laughs> your whole life. Good luck. Have fun with that. Seems like a lot. Oh, you know, it works for some people and love is truly a choice. If you decide that you're monogamous and that works for you, and you've agreed upon that, and 
you say, let's do this. Every day I'm going to choose to just be with you. Great. Every day I choose to just be with you. Great. But we all know infidelity rates are pretty insane. And Mm -hmm. I can withstand the worst truth Mm -hmm. more than Mm -hmm. I can stand the tiniest lie because that little lie, it's, it's like the, it, it puts, it, it, it'll fuck everything up. I'm trying to figure out. Something it just to, plants a seed. And it really then, yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. if you lie about this little thing, then what else are you going to lie about? And I think a lot of, nobody, in my experience, I mean, I'm, fuck, I'm not a therapist or anything, but people don't tend to cheat because of their partner. They tend to cheat because something in themselves is unfulfilled. Right. So that's really usually where it's done. In my experience of talking to tons of girlfriends and guy friends, the, the people that have cheated on their persons did so because their needs were being met. They felt unfulfilled. They were growing in a different direction. You know, yada, yada, yada. I don't know what the hell that ramble was all about, but I say good for you, Aunt Quail, wherever you are. I hope you Because she was ahead of her time. I mean, she was born in the late 1800s you know she's my great aunt so she and she passed away 25 years ago so I will say in in relating to some of what you mentioned Susan um my my grandmother who's, who's still alive today she I've made comments about how she is so close with her social circles and she seems to make friends so much easier she's not she doesn't filter around people she has no fucks left to give and I have noticed that I have such a challenge with getting really, really close with platonic friends and getting that same level of comfortability that I had with like my childhood bestie, where I could just like come over and hang out on the couch and watch TV, whether she was there or not, because we were that close. It's so hard to have relationships like that with people now in this day and age. And my mother and I have talked about how easy that comes for my, for my grandmother and how you just, you, at some point you're like, I, I don't have time for this here's my no filter and take me or leave me. And the people that take you, it's so much easier to become so close. And you're like, you're, you're giving yourself permission to seek what you need and, and fulfilling that obligation to yourself that I feel, I think so many of us push down and ignore because we feel this obligation to fulfill everybody else around us. Right. Like just go and take what you need and, and don't put that, that filter or that front or like, don't bring your representative to the table. Just bring who you are so you can get your own needs met and match with the right people that you can meet theirs too. Like just, just be you and you'll find the right things and you'll find your, you know, new childhood bestie that you can come over and watch TV on their couch, whether they're there or not. Also, if you get to a space where there's no fucks given, you are now so grounded in who you are that you're not going to judge the hell out of the, another person that you, you know, that is, that, that also, that gives you a freedom my best friend in the whole world, Ellen, she and I are so different. But where we are the same is that we love and respect who each other is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think in our community, our, our kind of like with uh, in Nashville, it's like the Mark is like our local community center, you know, um, club that we all kind of go to. And we've talked about like, we end up being like kind of closer to each other in that group. Then we're like outside this building. It's just harder to kind of really connect with people, you know? Mm -hmm. And why is that? And I think it is sort of because like our little subculture, 
we are very open and honest and we're allowed to be, right? Because we sort of know like we're not going to really get judged. We're going to be accepted, but not only just accepted, we're going to be like valued for those cool things that are sort of unique about us, right? So we kind of get to, to be ourselves in front of other people and to have that sort of openness and that connectedness. But it's like, unfortunately, you go outside the building and it's not the same way because just, I think it's the way, you know, social whatever culture and people are. And so, yeah, I think it's a real trick to kind of help develop that. And I think we've sort of been lucky that of being exposed to, and this is one reason why we're doing this kind of interview and having this discussion about this with this duality is that it really is nice and freeing when you can like be yourself and say that stuff. But also like you're saying, Susan, like you're letting other, you're giving that gift to other people, letting them be themselves. Mm -hmm. And so then they're, they're more comfortable opening up to you. Judgment is a heavy raiment to wear, honestly. Mm -hmm. Moving through the world in judgment of others, and you can hide behind religion or whatever else. Generally, it, it tends to come a lot of times, I think, from religion. But um, yeah, it's all it does is weigh you down. I think about that. A lot of the stuff I see on the internets, maybe you've heard of them, <laughs> the internets, that I, I'm, I'm marveling at the time and energy people spend on commenting in a negative way. On That's what something. I was just going to talk about, the amount of energy it takes. Oh, my God. It's, and being yeah. hateful and being like, mm -hmm. you're the worst or you're going to hell or you're you're stupid. Or, and I think, man, okay, in all that energy, think of all the good you could do. Go plant a tree. Go, you know, nurture a child's mm -hmm. brain. Go you know, mm -hmm. deliver food to some old person or cut their grass. There's a million things to do with that energy that is so heavy. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's just going to weigh you down. I know it's a tough, it's a tough thing to break out of because I think it becomes like a crack cocaine. I think it becomes a habit and you, you get, you get like an endorphin from it. I'm talking the royal you, not any of you all who are lovely, <laughs> perfect people. <laughs> but I, I worry. I worry for people that, that that's how they choose to. And I, I'm not judging it. Again, it's mm -hmm. that thing like, okay, I have an understanding of why you're being that way. But it's it's such a bummer. And it's almost, maybe this is my empatheticness talking, but it's almost sad. I'm thinking, okay, you have like this one life and you're putting so much of your energy into being negative and hateful mm -hmm. and mean and just going like out of your way to make those type of comments. Um, like, of course, I get angered and upset by them, but I also just think they're in this pain. is just really I mean, sad just for that person yeah. too. Yes. Again, people don't yeah. treat others other than how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Susan, t uh, mm -hmm. tell us, tell everybody again, like, you've got your Hey Human podcast. Where, where can everybody find you? Like where, if they, if people want to, you know, listen to your podcast or follow you on Instagram, like tell us all that stuff. Yeah. All my social media for me personally is under Susan Ruthism. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, S-U-S-A-N-R-U-T-H-I-S-M. And then uh, for Hey Human podcast, they, it has a social media presence on Facebook and Instagram under shockingly hey human podcast and you can email me susan at heyhumanpodcast.com that is its own website so you can check that out and then susanruth.com if you want to hear my music i'm on itunes under susan ruth and it's also i'm on spotify under susan ruth and 
uh, I think is that all the I mean that's that's a good start at the very least that'll get to get to me in some way send all your hate mail and all your love uh, I, will, I promise I will read everything I've gotten you know hate mail before I you know so at least people are listening we should send yeah, two I messages mean, two messages like one hate mail and one like love mail if you're feeling both those things I support it I'm supportive of it you know I'm I'm happy to hear your hate as much as your love uh, so yeah well thank you thank you Thanks for, a lot for joining me. us I'm sorry i feel like um, i was a bit long-winded yeah. and maybe kind of non-sequitur but I, no I it was that. good <laughs> no it was great it was great hey so let me tease next week okay so we have one of the things that we've done recently is we've put out like on our website if you go there there's the, we have like our eight point guide to flirting and seduction so if you go there you can click on the button and download it um but that eight point guy, that was like us trying to break down like what is flirting and seduction because it does cover kind of so many topics. So we were able to kind of break it down into like eight, I'm going to say focal points. So this walks you through those. And then one of the things we're doing now is we're going to try like uh, we've recorded a, a podcast on attraction. And so next week we're going to do one on trust. And the, the reason these two things really kind of go together is my feeling is like it's, it's a basic understanding. You need to understand like what is attraction? How does it work? And the same thing with trust, like what is trust and how does it work? And there's not really like any big secrets to it. I think as you kind of listen to us and stuff, you'll kind of like hopefully get it, you know? And so those are understandings. And if you understand attraction and trust, a lot of that is like, that's what relationships I think really kind of are. If you dumb it down to like two things, they really are that you have to have that attraction to that person and you have to have that connection, that sort of trust with them. So we have that guide and that's going to go through like the, the eight different things that we're going to be doing podcasts that go with it. So if you have the guide and you have eight hours of us talking in your ear, then hopefully like that's, that's a pretty good background on, on flirting and seduction and different things. So I need to read the flirting and seduction thing. Well, go to the website. I'm terrible at that stuff. <laughs> I'm awful at that. Well, I'm the worst at flirting. I'm the worst. Well, and I, th I love it because it's like it all crosses over, right? It's never about just flirting and seduction. It's about like how do you interact with like your neighbor or your coworkers. It all has this cross, but it's just more fun if you say, let's focus on how to do this with flirting and seduction. Like it's just a fun topic. So, so we've got that. So next week is going to be really focused on trust. Um, one of the things that Brandy and I wanted to share was we have a kind of ridiculous but fun story of something that we did that uh, gets into vulnerability and humiliation, but because it works out because of trust, you know, so we thought we'll share that story kind of as an example. So we're going to talk about trust, but then we're going to give you that story as well. Uh, so that's, that's something that I think I know. I'm looking forward to look at Brandy's face right now. She looks, yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to have to talk yeah, about the specifics good. of this story. You bring your peanut butter sandwich is all I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> peanut butter sandwich in a cage. Bring the cage. I'm all about that. Uh, if anybody has questions like that they want to run by us, uh, you can email me at steven at ethicalseduction.com. We also have a special voicemail button. You go to the website, you click on the button, you can leave us a voicemail. And we've done that in the past too. So if you're comfortable having something recorded that we can play on the air, that would be wonderful. The website again is ethicalseduction.com. We are just like Susan. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. We've got some Pinterest stuff. Um, we're also on the very secretive fat life. Do not tell anybody mm. Facebook for kinky people. Very secretive. I'm learning so oh, much man. today. <laughs> I didn't know what a and, scene was. That was exciting too. Oh, I'm yeah. See, I'm so we're, I'm a novice. We say things all the time and we're like, 
I don't know. We just get so I guess we're so used to we the forget talk that other lingo. people don't know. The I lingo. made a good guess yeah. when you said that she she took her down. I thought, okay, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> she might have been hanging from something. Yeah. You know? And I was like, oh, yeah. I, I get that. I understand. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, uh, and if you're a first time listener, please, you know, if you want to go ahead and subscribe. We are on Apple and Spotify and all the major podcast apps. So if you have any questions at all, just go to the website and we've got links there to come and get you help, you know, subscribe. So uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Susan and Brandy and thank Ava. You. And I appreciate it. It was really fun. I appreciate the invite. Oh, it was great. And, yeah, and you're a first guest. So thank you for, for joining us. Yay. And <laughs> we will talk again next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.